how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're bottom. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. Episode 259, Mike P. Nelson has always loved old horror movies. As a kid, he spent his summers making replicant movies and the winters practicing stop motion. But at the time, he was only allowed to watch pre-70s horror. So when he reached the R rating age of 18, his world opened up dramatically. In Nelson's latest film, he tackles the latest installment of Wrong Turn, which comes from the original writer Alan B. McElroy. In this film, Friends hiking the Appalachian Trail are confronted by the Foundation, a community of people who have lived in the mountains for hundreds of years. In this interview, Nelson discusses the different decades of the horror genre, what it means to make a violent movie with heart, how to carefully shift a franchise film, and how many of the best directors actually began in the horror genre. You know, I, I think I have a similar story to a lot of, uh, a lot of filmmakers, especially ones who were born in the 80s just you got the dad you got your dad's video camera and you know you saw him walking around making home movies so then you're like i'm gonna make some movies and of course being like brought up on indiana jones and star wars and you know old horror movies you're just like well i want to i want to make one of those and so you take that you know crappy old camera and you just go out and you start you know you get together with a couple friends and you just keep doing it and literally that was like so many of my summers and then we have winters here in minnesota so during the winter, my brother and I would just do these little stop motion animations in our living room with the camera and just like have to hit the record button one at a time. And, you know, of course, the animation was terrible, but we made these little stories with robots attacking micro machines. And, you know, and then we would t t do these movies of like, you know, they were always very Halloween-esque and, you know, some sort of a killer, or you know, bad guy going after the good guys and whatever it was. And um, that was that was where that 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 sort of fire, you know, started at a very young age. And, um, I just kept making, making stuff. And then eventually, um, I did go to film school at the Minneapolis college of art and design, um, did a BFA, a filmmaking, a bachelor of fine arts there. Um, but 
that's kind of where I feel like everything just kind of began because I knew like at that point, I was like, okay, now the hard work begins. Like now you're out of college, you've learned what you've learned, but man, you learn so much when you're outside, especially if you continue to create. And that's what I kept doing. How did your kind of um, perspective about maybe watching horror movies change over the years? What do you notice now that maybe you didn't notice before? Well, here's the thing. So watching horror movies when I was younger is an interesting thing because where I was allowed to watch a very specific type of horror film, I was allowed to watch black and white horror films. I was allowed to watch black and white sci-fi films. Uh, nothing from the seventies or eighties um, into the, into the nineties. Like as soon as I turned 17, sure. Like my parents were fine with it, but like I was brought up on a healthy diet of these older monster movies. And for me as a younger person, I was maybe less interested in the stories of the people. And I wanted just to see monsters wreck havoc, bad guys, you know, kill people. Like what was the, what was like the thing that I could see that was, you know, kind of like the most shocking or the worst thing. And then, you know, when I got into college and I started to watch more stuff, like started to explore more of the stuff from the seventies and eighties and nineties. And I started to realize, I was like, in my head as a young person, I thought, like, oh my gosh, those movies probably show everything and it's probably so grotesque. And then I started to notice, damn, like I actually started to, to really notice the characters and the stories. And I know, also noticed that as bloody and as violent as I made these things up in my head, they weren't actually as bad as I made them out to be in a way, um, which is, I know, really strange, but like you're, it's like your imagination kind of if your imagination runs wild, it can be actually worse than, than what you actually see. And so, like, I remember seeing Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the first time. I think I was, like, 18 years old. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is surprisingly Hitchcock. Like, it's, it, it only shows you what you need to show. There's very little blood. It's not chainsaws ripping through flesh. It's, uh, it's actually, it's strange to say, tasteful, <laughs> you know? And, um, and then, you know, and, and so then when you start to realize, you know, you're like, oh, so these movies, this is not what all these movies are about. These, there, there's, there's, there's actual, there's some interesting stories, there's some interesting ideas going on in these movies that I wasn't necessarily privy to when I was younger and just wanted to watch gore or, or, or some sort of violence or something scary. And then you start to worry less about, you know, the, the, the goriness and the bloodiness, you know, obviously that is a great cherry at the top. And then you start to realize, wow, like horror movies have room to say a lot, you know, and, 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 you know, to say a lot in a safe space and to experience all these crazy, crazy things. Um, and, uh, I mean, some of the best horror movies, I feel like you can walk away, you know, strangely kind of learning something, uh, in a way, or at least those are the ones that feel, um, the most refreshing or the ones that like, you know, you feel like you just had a big steak dinner after watching, you know? What kind of balance are you looking for in a script? Are you looking for like some traditional monsters, maybe even like Roger Corman monsters meets character? Or what are some of the things you're looking for when you're choosing the next movie? I, I love to play with this idea of bringing the audience into something. Um, and I love subverting the expectations. Um, it can be as, as extreme as something like Wrong Turn, where you feel like you're going into a film that has cannibal killers, and then suddenly it's like uh, a group of people who have just lived out in the woods, and they have a brutal, you know, system of law. 
um, you know, or it could be a subversion of just, you know, who you thought the characters were, um, you know, whether they're, they feel like they're bad guys and then suddenly they end up saving the day. Um, I don't know for, for me, it's that it's about, you know, I love, there's, there's three words that I always tag to, to the stuff that I, I make or want to make. And that is if it's violent and irreverent with heart, I'm there. Um, you know, I love, I love taking, I love watching and I love making things where we take characters who we genuinely love, um, who feel like us. Um, and we, you know, we shoot him, we stab him, we throw him off a cliff, we watch him splat on the ground, and then we watch him get back up again and fight to the death to the end. Like, I love, I love that kind of like a hardcore journey of a character going through the muck and the dirt and, and that sort of level of violence and then finally finding themselves or, or fighting back. Um, that's, I, love, I love doing that. You know, I, I did a little bit of that with my first film, Domestics, with, you know, playing, you know, with the ideas of marriage and, and, you know, working through a divorce in like basically the worst time in history um, and, and, you know, going through just the worst possible situations and then realizing, you know, we need each other. Like, I love those types of stories. Um, and I, I hope to continue to, to start to keep telling those kinds of stories that, you know, both subvert and, um, and play with those kinds of themes. Tell me a little about your, maybe your conversations with the writer, Alan McElroy, because I know he wrote the original in 2003. Like what were those conversations about to make this, you know, feel different and maybe be scarier possibly? Yeah. So, I mean, when I read the script back and I read it, it was late 2017. So it was a while ago. Um, and, you know, it, it blew me away because it wasn't what I was expecting and I think, you know, I had a very similar experience to what a lot of people who are watching it now have, which is like, oh, my God, this is a different wrong turn. I, is this is this like it, how do I feel about that? You know what I mean? Like it, it really it kind of threw me or it jostled me a little bit. Um, but what I liked about that was it was fresh. It was different. It subverted the expectation. And, you know, with Alan, you know, um, you know, at the wheel with the with, with the script, like we had this conversation where he goes, I wanted to go in and I wanted to do something completely different. And Robert, who is the executive at Constantine, who, who read the script, who wanted, you know, Alan to do something fresh with Ron Turn, those two guys were on board a hundred percent. And when I saw that both these, these guys wanted to do something bold and unique, I mean, that's the filmmaker's dream is to be able to go in and take on a project that like everybody believes in, you know, the direction everybody believes in, 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 in a weird, strange, bold, new uh, envisioning um, of something that everybody used to, you know what I mean? And I think wrong turn was a perfect franchise to do that with um, because I think, you know, everybody was almost, almost so comfortable with what it was. And um, you know, we're not going to get, we're not going to get everybody to like this version of the movie because I mean, there are some diehards, but what was so fun and unique about this experience and being able to work with Alan and, and, and Robert on this was we got to do, we, we got to do a version that nobody was expecting. And, um, and man, it was, it was, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun uh, working with those guys and especially Alan, who I think, you know, he knows his story. He's unapologetic about his story. And there was just something really nice to, to be a part of with that. 
What were they kind of looking for when you agreed to, to take on the project? Were they looking at your work in the domestics, like the studio and everything like that? And how did you, did you pitch it as like, I want this to look totally different or were you still trying to pay homage in some ways to those other films? Yeah. So, I mean, when I pitched it to them, it was, you know, I, you know, other than, you know, there was some, there was some, some fixes and some changes in the script that, you know, Alan and I, you know, figured out over the course of the, the, the year and a half before we made it. Um, but in terms of the look, I really wanted to, I wanted to, to separate this so it didn't look like the others. Um, I knew that, you know, our first third or first half of the movie very much felt like a wrong turn where, you know, it's young adults in the woods getting picked off, falling into traps, that kind of thing. But I wanted there to be some, I wanted there to be like this, there, there, there to be something more electric about it, something more organic, something more catch it in the moment kind of vibe, you know, um, I was able to work with um, a close collaborator and, and a good friend of mine, Nick Junkersfeld, who I shot many short films and many commercials with. Um, and, and the studio allowed me to work with him again. And, and, you know, our sensibilities are both very, you know, connected and we work off of each other's energy. And so when we were shooting this, it was all about like just making it feel a little bit grimier, you know, using, you know, changing shutter angles on the camera to get that very stuttered, you know, um, ultra real kind of effect, um, you know, boosting grain, um, you know, during, you know, high intense uh, moments, boosting grain when we're at night, because that's how film would react. You know, how can we make this thing that we're shooting on digital? Um, how can we make it look more cinematic and, and so forth? And, and, uh, and, you know, they, I think, you know, they really reacted, you know, positively, the studio reacted, reacted positively to that because, not only were they looking story-wise to do something different, but they liked the idea of wanting to tell a, 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 a version of the story visually uh, uh, different as well. And, you know, I feel, like we, I feel like we got there. Just a quick break, then we'll get back to the show. This episode is brought to you by Author Builder. Whether you're an experienced author with an established base of fans or a new author looking to cultivate a following, Author Builder provides you an easy way to build a website, showcase and sell your book, and engage with your community. This all-in-one approach saves authors a ton of time and money because you don't have to worry about purchasing separate monthly plans for a website host, an email list, and everything in between. Author Builder does all that for you, plus you can get multiple layout and theme options specifically designed with authors in mind. Whether you write fiction or nonfiction, writing a book is hard enough. Don't get stuck doing all the complex administrative work of managing multiple programs when this all-in-one approach puts every tool at your fingertips in a single, easy-to-use location. That's authorbuilder.com. So you kind of mentioned a little bit about the history of, of horror films from the black and white to the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Then, of course, we kind of went through like a found footage uh, phase what do you say we're looking at now? I mean, some of the, maybe the most popular might be like Hereditary and, and Midsummer, or some of these that are a little more disturbing. Do you see the whole genre going in that direction? Or what do you kind of see next for the, for the world of horror? It's, it's, it's a word that gets tossed around so much and it's hard to stomach sometimes because I think it gets, I think it gets overused and it's the word of, you know, elevated uh, and, you know, compare you know putting that next to the word horror elevated horror um and as much as like i i sneer at that because i'm just like oh it just no it's a horror movie like just just call it a horror call it a good horror movie it doesn't you know 
good horror movies can be smart. They don't, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, I think elevated kind of gets this bad rap because it, it feels like a, a, a like an intellectual uh, movie that kind of takes it out of like the realm of like horror as being fun and, and, and entertaining. Um, you know what? I feel like moving forward, ultimately, I think we have storytellers, uh, writers and directors who want to tell much more interesting human stories now more than anything. Um, I think there was a time where, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of movies were, and not that there weren't exceptions to this, but you know, you're out there to, to, to get, you know, it's, it's the, it's the spice. It's the, it's the glitz, it's the glam, it's the blood, it's the gore. It's the, what can we do to like, what can we cram in 90 minutes to just like get people excited and, and go crazy and, and, and have fun. And I think, there's a new group of filmmakers uh, in the horror genre that are really trying to tell um, stronger human, stronger character stories. And I think, you know, the challenge there is finding that balance of telling those stories, but also entertaining um, your audience. And that's something that I'm really interested in doing. Uh, and that, that I, I hope I can, I hope I have the opportunity to, to keep doing um, moving forward. You may have, you think you've listed a few already. Are there other misconceptions about horror movies or maybe the making of a horror movie? You know, I think, look, I think, I think what makes horror movies so special is how primal they are. Um, you know, and I think as humans, like we are all very primal. Um, we're very primal beings. And I mean, I never, I don't like to look at a horror film as being just, oh boy, here comes the next horror picture, you know, like, or, you know, I don't look at horror as being cheap. And I think that, you know, there's, there's this mindset. Um, and I think it, it's maybe one of the reasons why there's been this push in like stronger storytelling within horror is because there is this mindset, like there's, there's a type of horror movie that, you know, people, they roll their eyes at. It's like, oh. but I will say doing horror successful is very, very difficult. I mean, look at some of the best directors. They started in horror or thriller. Like these are very, very hard, you know, challenging things, uh, challenging issues to tackle, challenging to create tension, challenging to, to, to actually create that feeling of fear in an audience and, you know, and, and do it well, do it memorably. Um, so, I mean, misconception, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about, about horror. If you're, if you're talking about that, um, cause I think some people are like, Oh yeah, another horror. Oh, great. Good job. You're making another horror. Oh, that's so nice. No, dude, there's horrors got backbone, man. Horrors got balls. Like it's, it's the storytelling that like we all as humans can understand. And that's, what's so special about it. So I know you worked with a, a writer, you were the director on Wrong Term, but it looks like you wrote and directed The Domestics and all, along with some other films and shorts. Um, mm -hmm. When you've got a few ideas for a movie, how do you know which one to kind of go after? Like what makes you want to sit down and like, this is the next one I really want to focus on? It, it's kind of, there's like a kind of like a, it's whatever's in the wind at the, at the moment kind of thing. But then there's also like, it, there is like a gut feeling. Um, I mean, when I'm talking about my own work and about what I want to write, I was just talking to somebody the other day who asked me a similar question, like, what, what do you want to make? And I'm like, gosh, well, whenever I really want to make something, I, I sit down and write it. 
Um, uh, you know, but if I get a script handed to me, um, you know, it's not like I'm going to turn down something that, you know, might not typically be, you know, in my, in my realm of, uh, of filmmaking, whatever, like, you know, I've done post-apocalyptic and horror. And I think that's what people sort of see me as, but to me, uh, right now, like I'm in this mindset where like, I love stuff that it's violent, it's irreverent, but it has heart. Like that to me is, is, is something that like, if I can read a script that, that has those three things that, you know, um, doesn't have to have like as big of a subvert, subversion kind of moment like wrong turn or or like a sixth sense kind of thing but if you can subvert you know our our expectations with the characters or you can you know make us fall in love with somebody that we didn't want to to like or I love playing with that kind of stuff you know I love playing with um with with those kinds of things because those kinds of things are surprising and I think you know you have those sorts of turns in movies and then you can surround it by you know like for instance like in the domestics you take a marriage that's on the rocks and you know that's a movie in itself you know a, a couple trying to figure out their marriage and you know on the verge of divorce that's a movie but what does that movie look like when you put it in a post-apocalyptic world full of gangs and people killing each other that's where you know i feel like things can start to get a little bit more interesting and how does that world that that world affect that story of, of this couple. And, and I don't know, that kind of stuff really excites me. And that's why I love genre so much and subgenre. If you were to give it advice to a young writer director who's got an idea, or maybe they just finished their scripts, what advice might you have on pitching themselves as the writer director? Should they mainly talk about characters? Should they talk about horror? What are some of the things, any advice you might have for them? My best advice is to, is to make it or make a part of it. Um, you know, I think, you know, there's, there's definitely been situations where, you know, somebody finished a script or, um, you know, and wants to, wants to pitch their, their movie to an executive, which isn't an easy task. I mean, how do you get in the door? Um, you know, I can give a, a personal example from myself. Um, how I got the job of domestics was sort of like this crazy, it was a weird, it was weird how it all happened. I made a short film. It was a short film that I wanted to make that I was passionate about. I had no, like, I had no conception of like, I'm going to make this movie and it's going to get me in the door. I just wanted to make something because I needed to tell the story. And I told, I made this short film, sort of revenge film, sort of in the, in the, in the way of like a death wish that I just made the film and I put it online, you know, festivals didn't care for it. I think I got into two festivals. I kind of got bummed out. I was like, screw it. I'm going to put it up online. That's when people started to see it. That's when Twitch Film, the the, uh, the old Twitch Film, uh, got to see it. That's when Todd Brown saw it. Then you know my my now agent saw it, and stuff just started to happen. And then I made another short film. I just kept making things. And then when I made the short film of the Domestics, which is a little snippet of what the feature would end up being, that's what I did. I made a snippet. I made a scene or a sequence of that movie that acted like a short film, and it was a proof of concept. And when I had that, people could see what my mind looked like. They weren't like, oh, I don't know this guy. Like, I mean, we've seen a couple of the things, but it's not post-apocalyptic. How are we supposed to know? No, they could look at this, this short and be like, this, I, I can see in this guy's mind. This is how he wants the movie. This is okay. Okay. And it made that experience so much simpler 
because I had a script. I had a piece of the film. I had post, I had made like six different posters. Like I just went to town. I had this like, this like pitch book, like this 20 page pitch book. And they were, and, and everybody could see it. And I got in the room. Thank you for tuning in to the show. If it's your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit my new website for information on the YouTube channel, the blog, the podcast, and my new book, Ink by the Barrel, which takes advice from these 200 plus interviews and more at writerfieldnotes.com. You'll see the link in the show notes. Thanks again.